0: And welcome once again to another edition of Footnotes. Pastor Mark here, and today I'm super excited to be joined with my brother in Christ, Jerry Cherry, who is a longtime member of Broadway. Brother Jerry, how long have you been a member at Broadway? I've been a member here for uh, about 50 years. All right, so almost my age. You came <laughs> about the time that I was born. And uh, he's also known for prayer. You are a big advocate for prayer ministry. The other pastors are not here today. They're all out on some kind of a crazy vacation. Brandon has a stomach bug, and Brady had a baby, and he's on maternity leave, and Jake is on vacation. Can you imagine that? Yes, sir, I can. These guys, (laughs) what do they think, right? And I'm the only one here working, so I had to call in Brother Jerry and say, let's do a podcast. But in all seriousness, we've had different people approach us about subjects for footnotes, and we're always thankful for that. And one person in particular said, I would really love to have a footnotes on prayer. I don't really know how to pray effectively. I'd like to know what you guys do in your personal devotion times, how that looks, and what I should expect. So what I thought we'd do today, bringing you in, Brother Jerry, is just let you join us to talk about prayer, and we would just try to answer four questions, all right? So the first question we're going to tackle today is, why do we pray? I mean, if God is God, and he knows what we need before we even ask him, why do we even have to go through the exercise of prayer? Number two, I want to talk about when should we pray? Is there a particular time? Jesus prayed in the morning? Does that mean that we have to pray in the morning? Other pastors have said morning and evening, like Charles Spurgeon. Next, after we talk about when we should pray, we wanna talk about how we pray. What does that look like when you get alone with God? And what should it look like? And finally, I just wanna bring it very personally down and say, what have you seen God do through the ministry of prayer? What are some examples that would give us hope to pray. So let's answer those four questions on the podcast today. Number one, Brother Jerry, why should we pray? God knows everything, but yet we're commanded in Scripture, pray.
1: Well, Brother, I, I for years uh, I was just a uh, Baptist uh, by name, would come to church, and then we had a prayer seminar, and uh, this dear brother brought a message on prayer and his life. And uh, I saw there was something different in his life, a love and a compassion for people that I'd never had. And uh, so I began to seek God because he tells me in his word that you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So I I began to read some of the old books of uh, men of God who experienced revival, who experienced answers to prayer. And our Bible tells us that uh, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I began to ask him, Lord, if you're the same, then why aren't we seeing revival? Why are we seeing our world turned upside down by choices people are making? And I begin to seek God in prayer. And uh, the reason I pray is because I've learned through the years over over – I've had quiet time uh, every morning for, the, uh, for I, I would imagine, uh, at least 47 years – that I've had a quiet time, at least started out in the morning when God got a hold of me one night and I began to pray for an hour. Didn't know what I was going to do, but I went in and started reading the Bible. I started, I learned how to praise Him first. And uh, when I thank Him, I have a uh, thankful heart each morning. When I, my feet hit the floor, I always say, uh, Lord, I am weak, but thou art strong. And because there's days when you get up and you don't want to have a quiet time, you don't feel like it, you're busy, and, and I understand all of that. But God got a hold of me, Brother Mark, uh, that night that we heard this man bring several messages on prayer, and he changed my life. And I pray today because it draws me closer to Jesus. Mm. Uh, I, every, people pray because they have hurts, they have needs, they have wants. And uh, so God hears all our prayer, but I, pr- I pray because God wants to hear from his children. That's like a grandfather today. When my children climb up in my lap, now they're too old. Now they're, <laughs> they're old as you are, Brother Mark. But uh, years ago, uh, when they were small, they'd come to our home, and it was an excitement for grandparents to have them in. And uh, my grandson, the oldest one now is 25, and he uh, knocked on the door, and, and his name is Colin. And Colin knocked on the door that morning, and I looked out through our door. I knew he was coming up the steps. I watched him. I, I looked out the window and watched him, and he knocked on the door with his little hand and said, Grand Buddy, it's Colin. And uh, it melted my heart. I, I, I said, Who is it through the door? And he said, It's Colin. So I opened that door, and he came in, and I, just, I was kneeling on the floor, and I grabbed him because we were eyesight uh, together, and I hugged him. And I said, I love you, Colin. He said, "Grandbuddy, I love you, too. And you know, from that day forth, God reminded me that I'm like a child, Mm. that uh, each morning when I get up, Brother Mark, my boys built me a pulpit years ago because they knew that Dad wasn't called to preach, but God called me to pray. And everybody, I believe, that loves the Lord Jesus is called to pray because number one, not only do I ask him, but I praise him for what he's done in my life. So I pray, and each morning I knock on my little desk, or my. if I'm standing up praying, however you want to pray, that's okay. If you want to lay on the floor, if you want to kneel, if you want to sit, and I sit a lot of times because my legs are worn out, my knees are, and uh, I just say, Jesus, it's Jerry. And uh, we have the sweetest time, Brother Mark. Uh, I love preaching, and I love uh, being taught the Word of God in Sunday school. But, you know, my prayer life has—I'm uh, uh, I'm not any better than anybody. If someone is saved and washed in the blood of the Lamb, you know, I realize that God does not love conditionally. So the, the more I pray doesn't mean God loves me more than he does anyone else that maybe not even prays except to ask Christ into their life and change their life. But I, I realize what's happened through the years. I've fallen deeper in love with Jesus mm-hmm. through my prayer life.
0: And that's that's beautiful. That's a great illustration. I love the illustration of the grandson. That's really the essence of prayer, isn't Amen. it? Before anything else, prayer is worship. Amen. And that is why I think Jesus says in the Gospels about the temple, my house shall be called a house a of prayer. Because they would go there to worship, and prayer is worship. I think a lot of Christians believe that the the number one function of prayer is to tell God what we need. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that that's not a function of prayer. It is. Amen. But I don't think it's the first function. No, no. I think it's down the list. Yes. Because, again, the Scripture says... Your heavenly Father and this was Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 I believe it was verse 9 he said your heavenly father knows what you need before you ask him therefore this is how you should pray and Jesus then gives us this model prayer that many of us can quote by heart and if you think about that prayer it starts off our father who art in heaven hallowed be your name that's worship amen but then the very next sentence Your kingdom come, your will be done. If we ask anything in accordance to the will of God, he hears us. So I think so many people get this backwards. They think, well, prayer is first me telling God all these things that I want, I need, as if God doesn't know. And God is saying, no, I already have an established will you're not going to change that. I'm I'm sovereign. Amen. You've got to align yourself with me. So one of the first priorities of prayer. Why pray? You've answered it. Worship. It. It's that grandchild Amen. coming to the door, Amen. knocking on the door, saying, "It's me." Because look, we we know we're sm- we're smart enough, dumb enough to know. We don't know what to tell God to do. Uh, absolutely. My goodness, could you yeah. imagine the sovereign God of the universe, and I'm telling him what he should do with the weather. Dear God, don't let it rain today. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm asking, <laughs> right? This could be. This Amen. could have ramifications Amen. that I don't even understand. Amen. Or God, make this person do X, Y, Z. I don't know what I'm asking. Amen. God knows every possibility. He knows every outcome. You know, the, the old uh, adage I heard a preacher once say, you know, here you are praying that God would make the sun come out so that you can have a church picnic, and the farmer is on the other side of town Warm praying rain. that God would send the rain Amen. so he doesn't lose Amen. everything. Amen. And who does God listen to? Well, we're not smart enough to know the answer to that. But the point of prayer is not to tell God what he doesn't know, but for us to come before him and worship. worship him, yes. Yeah, so why pray? Worship is one worship of those it. answers. A uh, thankful heart. Uh,
1: you know, I I don't know about a lot of people. My prayer life's probably much different than most folks. But I, as I get up in the morning, I have a prayer room. I've always had a prayer room in my home. I, when we built our new home, this last our, our last no home, uh, I, was, I made sure that I had uh, a prayer room specifically for that purpose. Uh, I take uh, uh, pictures. People send me pictures uh, on for Christmas, and they'll send their family pictures, and most of them don't know this, but they've been prayed for ever since I got that picture. You can take uh, one family. They sent me, and their children were two and three, and today they're in college. One's graduating from North Point this year, and the other is a junior, I think, at Ole Miss. And I've never never, uh, forgotten to pray for these kids. When someone asks me to pray for them, Brother Mark, I always ask them to give me your name and to give me uh, uh, the name of your children and what you want prayed. And then I always tell them, you know, better than Brother Jerry praying for you is you praying for those children. And through the years, brother Mark, I have prayed for my children from the womb, and uh, all the way to this one son of mine is 54, I think, and uh, other uh, my daughter's 52, and my other son is 49, and uh, so I've prayed for them every day, brother, since they were born, and even before they were born, I prayed for them. So they went to church, uh, where they wanted to or not, in the womb, and then after that, they've been in church ever since, and they've come to know Christ. Uh, I pray basically for everybody in my church. I have a, our, our app has the uh, role of our church, and uh, I've just started going through. It takes me a week to go through all those men and women. Many of them of I don't know, but many of them I just ask God if they're not saved. God, would you save them? And Father, if they are saved, would you cause them to fall deeply in love with you? And I know the only reason, or the only way a man, I believe, can fall deeply in love with Jesus is spend time with him. And so each morning, If I don't get to spend time with him, if something happens and I go out of town and I have to have a prayer time in my uh, hotel room, it's hard because my wife's there. She may be in drying her hair or doing other things, and it's just not the same as being alone in my closet. And I call it my closet because that's what God says. We get alone in our closet and shut the door. And the Father who sees in secret rewards thee openly. And Brother Mark, god has so rewarded my life mm. my family my church uh because i believe me and
0: many others are praying for god to work oh, in yeah. this place yeah i agree with that so kind of back to why pray i mean first of all it's worship and communion with god yes. but secondly we would say even though god knows and god's sovereign We believe that certain things God ordains, not only the end, but the means. Yes. And so if God wants someone to be saved, he's going to ordain that they hear the preaching of the gospel or the proclamation of the gospel. He's going to ordain that people pray for them. God's going to use the means as well as the end. So when we say, why pray? And you're talking about, I go, I pray for these families. Why? Why? Well, yes, because it's worship, but also God is saying, look, I will I will respond to what I have decreed, and I want you to do that. I command you to do that. And and I, I believe, and I know different people have different views on this, but I think God's will ultimately will be done, but I believe that I miss out on the blessing. I miss out on being a part of That's what right. God is That's doing right. if I don't pray. Yes. I think God's going to accomplish his purpose, but if I refuse to come to him in humility, and pray and seek his face and ask, he's not obligated to include me, but if I do come, I think he will include me. And I think about Broadway right now. There is a movement of prayer, and I'm so thankful for that. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but every Sunday morning at 1015, we're back in the prayer room praying. And I would invite any member who wants to come back there, Amen. come and join Amen. us. We'd love it to get so big that we have four or five groups in the front Amen. four year praying, Amen. but we pray for the service. And then we've got our men that are coming on Sunday nights, and they're coming up to the sanctuary, and they're praying. And it's just amazing to see that. Of course, there's other avenues of prayer, but we see in the church prayer. Amen. And I think that a lot of the blessings that we're experiencing right now And I I think that's fair to say. We've seen people get saved. We've seen people join. We've just seen good things happening. I think a lot of that is God is saying, okay, I'm going to accomplish these purposes, but I'm going to use Broadway because Broadway is asking Amen. and Broadway is knocking and Broadway is calling upon me as I've commanded them they're being obedient so I'm going to do that Amen. and I'm going to I'm going to include them i mean god could have done it at another church That's right, right? and not to say that he won't do it at another That's church right. but but it's why pray because we've been commanded it's worship and god may not use us or bless us if we don't seek That's him right. Right. so an old preacher once said it's kind of like a radio station you know, when when back in my radio days, Brother Jerry, we would broadcast, you know, wattage off of a tower. And whether you knew it or not, in every room and every location where you were, if you were in the vicinity of that wattage, that radio station was playing all around you, whether you heard it or not, whether you knew it or not. It was invisible, but it was playing around you. Mm-hmm. If you got the right receiver, a radio and you tuned that radio to the right frequency, then you could pick up what was already in the room. And I like to look at prayer like that. You know, God is broadcasting constantly all around us, his will, his ways, but it's up to us, it's up to us to be, you know, to tune in yes. and to say, okay, God, I know that you're broadcasting whether I see it or not, whether I, I pick it up or not, but I want to tune in to where you are. I want to align myself to your will and come in alignment to what you're doing. And And I think prayer does that Amen. for us. All right, let's go to the next question. So we know why we should pray. Let's talk about this. When should we pray? Now, you've talked about the prayer room, Brother Bobby Moore had a book called Personal Devotional Life, which I've read and love and appreciate, and I heard him uh, also, he did a seminar, I guess, for Nancy Lee DeMoss or something a long time ago, and I randomly heard that on a radio station, and I was so encouraged by it. I wish I could find where that is. That would be a good podcast for us to rerun, but I don't know where it is. is. But it's out there somewhere on the radio, and he just talked about that personal devotional life. And he was so strong about that. He had that. He motivated the people here to do that. That time with God is so valuable, and we've already talked to that point. But if a new believer or a baby Christian or just someone who's going, okay, I need to pray more— when do I pray? Do I have to do it in the morning? And I've heard people say, well, I'm not a morning person. And then people say, well, you know, can I do it late at night? Can I do it on my lunch break? So when? And what would you say to that? To that, I, I think that's up to every
1: individual when they do that because uh, God's always, his ears always open to our prayer. Uh, I pray in the morning because that's the best time for me. Uh, for years, I got up at four in the morning and spent time before I went to work with the Lord, because I knew before I met the world, I needed to be with Jesus so I could handle what comes my way that day. And so uh, basically, I pray in the morning, but that that doesn't mandate that everybody does that. It's according to who they—some men get up real early in the morning and go to work. They might be on the night shift. So I think at any time that you can pray God God would love that. And I think a new Christian, he has to inculcate this into his life, actually, to begin to do this on a regular basis, whether it's five minutes, ten minutes, because the longer, the more you spend time with Jesus, the more you're going to pray. And you, it, it begins to take over these other little things that we shouldn't even worry about. Take over the TV, take over different habits that we have. And, uh, you know, during that prayer seminar, uh, Brother uh, brought a message, and I thought, well, Lord, if people give 10% of their money to you, why can't we give 10% of our time to you? And then it began to grow. And, Brother, through the years, my quiet time has grown tremendously, but I'm not still not doing it enough. God still convicts me. Why didn't you spend this time with me? And... Uh, So each person, uh, as they're saved and as they get into the Word of God, uh, Brother Mark, I've learned to pray promises. Uh, If God made the statement in His precious Word, He said He's not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance, then I'm praying according to God's will for the souls of men to come to know Christ. Uh, For 30 years, I prayed that one of my sisters would come to know Christ. And 30 years ago, uh, or It was 30 years. I got a call on Christmas Day, and my sister said, uh, he said, Jerry, said, guess what's happened to me? And uh, she told me that, uh, and she was in her 60, about 65 years old. And uh, she gave her heart to Christ, started mm-hmm. going to a little church down the street from her. And the pastor was so wise that he took her and put her in a uh, child's Sunday school room because he knew that she was a baby in Christ. And so she learned all the stories that we feed our children, and today she's walking on with God. And, uh, you know, that was one answer to prayer in my life that I poured for 30 years asking God to save my sister. Hmm. I had done my part as witnessing and sharing, but it was up to Jesus to save her. And so I claimed that promise over her. And I claim promises. I've I've learned through reading, studying, memorizing the Bible, then my quiet time that uh, I can have promises. That uh, well, I, I just say, God, you know, this is your promise. Would you fulfill it in her life now i want your will to be done but many times we pray for years for someone to be saved we may die but that person may come to christ after our we day. never know we never know yeah. brother. so mm-hmm.
0: so the win is not so important as you should pray. should pray and you know jesus prayed in the morning Amen. that was his habit Amen. he got up early and he prayed but he also prayed in the garden now for me personally if a believer was asking well pastor what do you do I mean, I first thing in the morning, first thing I do after I roll out of bed <laughs> early is uh, I grab a cup of coffee. Now, you know, if you're Mormon, you might think that's a sin, but I grab a cup of coffee. That's always my first thing. And then the next thing I grab is my Bible, and I go to my place of prayer. And it has been so helpful, like you're saying, to have a place. So there's two places that I have. I have we have the sunroom in our house that we've made a place where you can shut the door and go pray. And we also have the back porch when the weather's good, so we can go back there mm-hmm. and pray. And uh, I like to rock in a chair when I pray. I just, I'm just i a moving guy. You can't imagine that, can you? <laughs> no, I not And so I, I have to rock. And so I sit in rocking chairs for both of those, wherever I'm at, and I'm just praying. So I probably look like a crazy cultic person as I'm <laughs> mumbling. And, and, and look, I pray out loud. Me too. I, I, I can't pray silently. So when I come up here on Sunday night, if you're sitting anywhere near me, men, you're gonna hear me mumbling. Amen. And if I'm talking about you, I'm talking about you to the Lord, right? But in all seriousness, it's hard for me. Now, some people can silently pray. I can't do that. My thoughts will go in 900 billion directions. So I verbalize prayer when i'm alone now that's me yes okay doesn't mean you have to do that but that's that's me i verbalize prayer and so i'll go to that place in the morning with that cup of coffee full confession it takes my brain a minute to wake up amen you know i start out praying lord jesus help me then i'll take a sip of, of coffee and then then it gets a little bit more clearer and you know by by the time i'm awake 10 15 minutes into that I'm very clearly praying for certain things, Amen. but for me, like you, it's morning. Night doesn't work good for me because when I would pray at night, I'd fall asleep. You ever, you ever done that? And, and people yes. would say, "Is it wrong to fall asleep when you no. pray?" No, but I mean, you, I would, I would get about three words out, and then <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, so you didn't have an effective prayer life. I didn't have an effective prayer life, but. You know whatever works whenever but but go to a place so if if somebody said well well, when do i pray how do i do it um i would say go to your place Uh, the when is just that you pray yes now the the next question on the list that we have there is how is it how you've got it in front of you yes yeah so how how should should it how should we pray so let's talk about that personal time of prayer What should that look like? And we're kind of bleeding over into that, but you mentioned a moment ago that you pray promises, and this is something that has really helped my prayer life as well. There's a book that we have in our Broadway library that I stumbled upon when we first moved here. It's by a man named Daniel, and I can't remember his last name, but it's just praying the promises. And in that book, he advocates taking Scripture and praying Scripture back to God. So if you remember, now I've been doing the CBT Bible study, reading through the Bible this year, but about a year ago, I took a whole year through the Psalms, and I just prayed starting in Psalm 1, Psalm 2. Every day I took a different Psalm. Now you can't always get finished with the Psalm because some Psalms are longer than others, but it lasted almost a good year. And when I got finished and prayed Psalm 150, I was just like, man, this is incredible. The Lord has allowed me to go through all the psalms Amen. and just pray them back as prayers to God. And when you pray scripture, what you're doing is you're basically praying what God has promised, and you know that the answer is gonna be yes. to some degree yes. Yes. Because you're praying the promises of God. So how do you do the quiet time? Well, you get alone with God in a place, you set that place aside, you pick a time, you get your Bible, you read your Bible you pray you pray Um, another thing you said brother Jerry you said I pray for my children yes so I kind of have this little thing in my head works for me one day I'll pray for the church and I'll pray specific things for Broadway the next day I'll pray for my family I'll pray specific things for my family Um, for example family my kids I pray Three major things for them consistently. Lord, save them, and I pray that they love you and they love your Word. Number two, Lord, protect them. Give them godly mentors, godly influencers, godly teachers in their life. Number three, set aside a spouse for them, if that's your will. And may they be godly men and women who love the Word, love God. obedient i don't want just a casual christian spouse i want one who walks with jesus loves the word of god and then i was instructed to do this by james dobson's cousin um what was his name uh he used to go around and speak um and i'll think of it in just a moment but i heard him at a conference and he said that his grandmother prayed for her grandchildren to know the lord And he believes that God answered that prayer because he and James Dobson were answers to that prayer because that grandmother prayed for godly grandchildren before they were ever born. And so that's my prayer. I want my grandchildren to walk in truth, and I want their husbands and wives to walk in truth, Lord willing, that we live to see that day or Jesus doesn't come back. But, you know, that's my prayer. So that's an example. How do you do it? You go, you maybe pick some things to pray for. Uh, pick a day of the week and say, "This day I'm going to pray for my church. This day I'm going to pray for my family. This day I'm going to pray for my needs. I mean, just whatever. I don't know. What what are, what are some other things you do? You talked about. I've got the the people's picture on the wall. Yes. I'm going to send you a gigantic poster <laughs> of me, so you can't forget. Well, brother, and,
1: I don't forget. I uh, I've had these pictures on my wall for years. Uh, they're they're. Uh, I don't tell you to put holes in your wall, but I've got pegboards with uh, missionaries, with uh, Life Action Ministries that we're a part of. And I get, to, I get to be around those people. And through those people, I have learned, brother, how to pray for other people. Uh, I think my quiet time starts out just like we were talking about in praise and worship the Lord first. And then I'm thankful. I thank Him for all that that God's allowed me to do and see, and then I thank for the salvation of my children. Uh, You know, Brother Mark, you're praying for your children, I prayed for mine for years that they would, number one, be saved, number two, that they'd fall deeply in love with Jesus. I think if a, a, a man of God falls deeply in love with Him, that just doesn't come overnight. When you're saved, you're not so deeply in love with Jesus. Jesus wants to grow you. And Mm -hmm. I think through the quiet time, my quiet time, he has grown me to fall deeply in love with him. And so my prayer for my children, and I pray for all four of yours. I pray for all three of Brandon. I pray for Brady's two now, since Mm -hmm. he's had Ray Lynn. And I pray for Jake's three and one on the way. That's right. They just keep adding. They just keep adding. Our church is really growing that way. (laughs) But anyway, uh, I call them out by name, and I pray the same thing. I pray for their salvation. I pray that they'd fall in love with Jesus. And the third thing I pray, because I've got a lot of people I pray for, uh, this uh, I pray that God will bring godly holy mates into their life that'll build Mm -hmm. their lives around Mm -hmm. the cross. Because I know that's what God wants. That's God's plan for us. And so why not get in on his plan and encourage him? I think we can encourage God just like we can discourage him. I think that we have a time that we just praise him. I I know when my grandchildren come around and, and, grand buddy, I love you, it just sets my heart on fire. I know when we tell Jesus that we love him and mean that, Not just out of rote, but really mean it. I believe that it touches the heart of God. And uh, I'm not even better than anyone else, but I have fallen deeply in love with Him. And uh, and brother, I, I can't imagine not praying and depending upon God in every area of my life.
0: And that kind of bleeds into, you know, what do you do when you pray? I mean, we're kind of answering these questions. When do you pray? How do you pray? What do you pray for? these these issues when we go before the lord like you're saying it shows we want to have fellowship have with him with him and we need him and we need him and it's dependency upon god and and i'm going to confess you know my my mentality is i want to be a doer and i want to do things and so when there's problems you know my wife will tell you this she'll tell me something she'll say no i'm just telling you this because i just need to tell somebody I don't need you to fix it, because my, my immediate response is always, well, what do you want me to do about that? Yeah. Because I want to do something. Yes. And the staff, too. You know, we were having a retreat back in, in the summer, and they said, you know, Pastor, they said, we pray as a staff, but you always seem to kind of do that as the last resort. Like, you know, you, you strategize a little bit more, you talk a little bit more, we probably need to pray a little bit more. And they were right. I mean, their, their assessment of me, I confessed in that moment, you're exactly right. I tend to be one of these people that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest here, um, in the flesh, prayer is a waste of time it's a waste of time. Let's get up. Let's do something. Let's go cross the Red Sea. Let's climb the mountain. Let's do it. You know, one of my favorite characters in the Bible is Caleb because at 80 years old, he takes a mountain. And I'm like, now see that? I like that. And I have to stop and go, you know what? I can't fix all my problems. And I don't have the answers to all my problems. And I think God brings us to this place where we realize, what am I supposed to pray? okay, I'm supposed to pray the will of God be done, and I need to show God that I'm dependent upon him, that I need him, and prayer brings me to dependency upon God, to fellowship, intimacy, and dependency upon God. And we know, brother, if we don't have that attitude, God's going to bring us to a place where there's nothing else we can do. All we can do is pray. All we can do is pray. And so that that happens a lot in the counseling room. I'll have... Somebody in front of me, and their spouse isn't there, and they'll say, "What can I do?" You can pray. That's all you really can do. God is the only one who can get their heart, and we need to believe that God can do that, and we need to call out to the Lord for Him to do that. So that's that's so encouraging. Uh, Let me let me ask this question too: when we're talking about the when and the how and the what of prayer. Let me let me just say this. Um, we do this interesting thing here at Broadway as men when we pray in the back prayer room on Sunday morning, and I want to just bring this up because I have now become an avid fan of this. What the guys do when we pray on Sunday morning in the prayer room, we have a limited amount of time. You know, we have about five minutes before we all have to go out and start the service. So we all hold hands and we pray verbally at the same time. Amen. Now, the first time that I ever heard this, I've joked with you, I thought, these guys are back to crazy costal. I mean, they have, <laughs> they have just become charismatic. What is this? And all these guys were talking at once, and I didn't know what was going on. But the more I thought about it and the more you guys talked about it, it made complete sense to me. Number one, this is the way God hears all human Amen. prayer. Amen. If thousands of people are praying at the same time, God hears them all somehow in His infinite wise disposition. So whether we acknowledge it or not, there's a whole lot of people talking to God at once. Amen. Secondly, um, you know, people say, "Well, I don't. Know, that would break my concentration, and that would that would cause me not to hear you pray." And maybe, I mean, those are valid things. But I'm always encouraged by it as I hear other people praying. I'm praying, and I catch myself. I hear them say a word like, Lord, save somebody in the service today. And I didn't even think about that. And I'll go, yes, Lord, save somebody in the service today. And I'm just feeding off of their prayer. So it's not even wrong to pray all at the same time out loud. I mean, there's no like one formula, you got to do it this way. Because, you know, people say, do I have to close my eyes? No, you don't have to. I mean, the Bible doesn't say bow your head and close your eyes. Why do we do that, though?
1: I close my eyes because it keeps me more concentrated on what I'm yeah. thinking about. Because if, if in my prayer room I have a huge picture window, that looks out in the backyard, so if a bird flies over or something does, it might take my mind off of what I'm doing. And because I'm like you, uh, I pray at night also before I go to bed. I, I always call my Sunday school class out before the Lord. Because at our age, we have a very a lot of them are having. Uh, physical problems. And so I lay them before the Lord for them every more, every night when I go to bed. And I have a certain, you know, when I'm praying, I, I, I use list because there's no way, Brother Mark, I can remember everybody's name. Uh, I, I have memorized many of the the families and their names, and some of them have eight children, some have nine. Uh, uh, year four, you know, I, I can, I, God has allowed me at my age of 77 to be able to remember names of people I pray for. I was in a, a prayer conference one time, and a, a young lady ran out to my car as my wife and I were putting up her sound equipment in the car to leave, and it was in Alabama. And uh, the young lady ran out, and she had a phone book. And she said, Brother Jerry, we have a small community. Would you pray over this phone book? uh, (laughs) Would you pray for every name in the phone book? She wanted me to pray over this phone book. I said, well, I said, young lady, I said, I'd love to be able to do that, but I have my own prayer list and people I have to pray for that God's laid on my heart. I said, why don't you take that phone book? and you pray over your church or your people in this phone book. And so she said, well, that's a neat idea.
0: (laughs) She said, well, now I'll have to have a prayer time. Yeah, now I'll have to have a prayer time.
1: No, she was very sweet. But her heart was that she thought I was a a prayer warrior of God and that I could do it and things would be happening there. But the best thing, you know, when you ask people to pray, I always ask them, because, you know, we always are quick to say in church, I'll pray for you. But you'll forget it before you get home. So I always have them. If they come to, up to me, I said, you need to write your name, your request, and who you want me to pray and how you want me to – what's going on in their life. And uh, so I have a wall full of notes and a wall full of pictures. And so it takes my – I'm like you. I, I line it out Uh I try to pray for missionaries one day a week, and but I do add these others to it. My quiet time, yeah. I'm, I'm retired, and the best thing for retired people, they say, well, I can't do anything at church. Yes, they can. Pray. They can pray. Absolutely. I mean, you better be praying for your grandchildren, your children, your grandchildren, and those future children that are coming. Uh, your great-grandchildren. I mean, the greatest thing my children could say is my grandfather prays for me. Mm. And uh, each day that my children would get up and go down to get ready for school, they could hear their their daddy praying. I pray out loud like you do. I, I was in the living room. We didn't have a prayer room at that house, but that was my quiet place, and I'd go there. And they could come down the stairs, and they'll tell you that one of the greatest things I ever heard was my daddy praying for me every mm. morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, folks, we miss a a great opportunity to minister to our family, to our church, and to the community as a whole, pleading for revival, because our our church, every church I know of, every Christian I know of, needs revival, needs revival. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. So continuing on that, how to pray, I just, there's so many questions that pop into people's heads, and people have asked us these questions, and so we just kind of want to get the gamut of it. Let, let me say this. We talked about list, prayer list, and we have a prayer list here at Broadway. Yes. I don't know if people know yes. that. Although sometimes our prayers become imbalanced and all we pray for are physical ailments. ailments. That's right. And so if you look at a typical prayer list, it's a zillion names of people you don't even know who they that's are. Right. And, you know, my aunt, she broke her toe over here on the other side of Cordova, and I want to put her on the prayer list. I'm just going to be honest. I don't, I don't know sometimes really what, what motivates people to feel that way. It's like they're so desperate, and they feel like, I've got to get my cousin's sister's aunt's dog on the prayer list so mm-hmm. that it survives. Yes, yes. And I'm like, look, I think you need to trust more in the providence of God. God is in control. You know, the, the point is, if the Lord allows your sister to be one-legged for the rest of her life, there's a purpose in that. That's right. Pray that the Lord sanctifies her. You know, and I've often said this, well, what do you want me to pray? You know, like people will talk to me about people dying. I've got a good, godly friend right now, Amanda and I. This woman was our women's ministry director in Texas. She poured into my wife. She has brain cancer. It's inoperable. There's nothing they can do. We FaceTimed her Sunday night before I came up here for prayer, and she's ready to go to be with Jesus. Now, she's in her 50s. Yes. She's ready to go be with Jesus. She's confident. And I told her, I'm praying for you. I'm, I'm not praying necessarily. I, I mean, I want God to heal her. I believe he could. So I'm praying, Lord, if it's your will, Amen. heal her. Amen. But if not, then, Lord, you've got to give her grace. Take her home quickly. Yes. And so when people say, pray for this ailment, I often want to say, well, what exactly do you want me to pray for? Yes. Are they a believer? Maybe I need to pray for their salvation. Maybe I need to pray that this ailment will lead them to Jesus. I mean, we need to be really clear when we have these prayer lists at churches. Mm -hmm. You know, and we don't just need to bring the physical ailments. Sometimes we're trying to pray people out of heaven, and it's like, no, that's not the (laughs) point, is to keep them here on earth as Mm -hmm. long as we possibly can. Now, the flip side of that, do we worship when we pray? So one of the best things that I was ever instructed to do was take the names of God and just pray them back to God in prayer. So, I mean, one day in your prayer time, you should worship. You shouldn't ask for anything, maybe. I mean, these are just examples. One day, go through the prayer list and pray for everybody's ailments. Another day, pray for missionaries and the gospel. You know, whatever you do, vary it. Have you ever heard the ACTS yes. of prayer? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. That's a good it, little it method. It if, if you're like, well, what should I do every day? Okay, take the the word ACTS, A-C-T-S. One day, adoration. I'm just going to praise God all day today. Hallowed be thy name. Amen. The next day, uh, I'm going to confess, right? Um, lead me not into temptation. Deliver me from evil. You know, I'm going to confess my sin the next day I'm going to be thankful. You know, Lord, we pray your will be done. Thank you for the daily bread you give us. And the next day I'm going to pray for other people, right? I'm going to supplicate. I'm going to lift other people up, and I'm going to say, Lord, help us. Help us, you know, to not be led into evil. You know, help protect. And and so when we pray, we need to kind of vary it. That's kind of my point. List in those things, very good, but, but don't just make prayer about Physical ailment, and I know, I know you don't. What do you think about that? Well, Cause churches kind of fall into that, don't they?
1: They do. Uh, I think that's when we get a prayer list. Some people just read that off, and and that's it. But I'm I'm like you, brother. Sometimes I, how the Lord leads. I think the the person who is growing in their prayer life. I don't think you ever get to that place. You're grown. I, I ask God almost every day. God, teach me how to pray. Teach me how to get a hold of the throne and the disciples asked Jesus that that's Lord right. teach us I mean, how to pray yeah and I don't think you ever get to the point where you know all there is about prayer brother and what it what it does in the heart of God but I, I'm I uh, was uh, I, I pray but most of the time in the morning or some of the time each day is different but uh, I take uh, my phone and I'll look Google up songs. And at my praise time, I'll just start singing to Him, and and I don't sing real loud, but I sing to Him along with whoever's singing. And Susan's
0: thankful and, and for and that. Susan's <laughs> thankful that
1: I don't get real but you're loud. But you are not singing <laughs> really loud. <laughs> Amen. Now, when she sings to Him, it's beautiful. But to me, uh, but I think it's beautiful to God because of my heart. And uh, as a as you pray, you'll learn to maybe lists don't work for you, maybe pictures do, like it does for me, uh, and maybe. Maybe you you can't get up early in the morning, but you can do something through the day or through the night just before you go to bed. Spend 10, 15 minutes thanking Him for He's gotten you through the day, how He's protected you, how He's loved you, and how He's made things work out in your life that day. I mean, always be thankful. For God and what He's done in your life, for Jesus, the sweet saving grace of His. But I, I, I use different ways. Every day I have different lists. I have things from Life Action, I have things from great men of God, quotes they've said, and I'll read those and, and sometimes they speak to my heart. But every day I open the Word of God. Every day. If you go and do not spend time reading His Word, you're not going to grow. You're not going to want to pray. In fact, you're not going to go. Why am I going in here sitting down just reading the Word? It all binds prayer together, the mm-hmm. promises, the Word, the music. It's all. It's just, I have a small church service in my house every morning. And, brother, it, f- it fits me for that day. So I'll, I'll be able to face what God is, brings into my life because, you know, you need to realize that whatever happens to you has to come through the hand of God first. Hmm. It has to. Remember Job. And uh, God would let the devil go so far, but he brought it into his life. Why? To make Job realize the sin in his life, to make Job understand that God is God, and he knows us from the top
0: to the bottom, brother. Amen. Yeah. Well, let's ask, answer the last question. What have you witnessed in your life? And I'm asking you, because I know you've you've lived a little bit longer than me, maybe a year or two, <laughs> I don't know. And uh, you, uh, you've also been, one, committed to prayer. I think people know you by that. You know, again, not that you're better than anybody nope. else, but you just believe in prayer and Amen. you pray. So what are some examples that you've seen where God has just answered prayer? So somebody who says, okay, I'm going to pray, but is this really going to work? Well, God does answer prayer. Amen. And Amen. I, th- I would hope that every Christian would have— an example of God's answer prayer. Yeah. I think, though, sometimes, Brother Jerry, you you correct me on this, but I think many times we think, okay, we prayed that, and then we forget it when it's answered. We completely forget yeah. it.
1: We forget the thanking, And
0: we just kind of move yeah. on. And when we have those moments of reflection and we go, oh, man, you know, when I start counting my blessings. Amen. Remember the old hymn? Yeah. Count it's your blessings, really blessings, name them one, one by, by one. one. Amen. You know, and there's a verse in that song that says, You know, you'll see what God has done when you start counting them. You'll realize, man, it's been more than I thought. So, you what know, have you seen? Brother Mark,
1: before I answer that, the answers to prayer cause me to want to pray even more. And I think if people will write down their request and see them answered, they'll know that they're serving a God who answers prayer. Now he may say yes, he may say wait a moment, or he may say no, but he's gonna answer your prayer always, brother. It may not be the way you want it to be done, but he will answer it according to his will. Well, I've seen many, many prayers answered in my life, brother. I've seen them answered quickly. I've seen them answered like my sister for 30 years. But one of the quickest ones, I, I remember I took one of our pastors uh, Brother Stan Roach out to eat, and I used to take him out every Monday, pray with him and go through his heartaches and, and his needs. And uh, we were sitting uh, at Hunan's, and, and we began to he, – he began to tell me, he said, well, my daughter, Amanda, has lost a scholarship because uh, the government is taking that off the table. She can no longer get that scholarship. And uh, it's going to be about six, $7,000 more on us. And it said, Brother Jerry, we just don't have it. You know, I'm a youth pastor. My wife works, and we're struggling. And so we got back. We got back to church, and uh, he got out of my vehicle, and I said, well, well, wait a minute. So we just knelt there on the under the portico of our church there at the door, and uh, I just began to pray. I said, Father God, you know Brother Stan. You know that Amanda has this need. And Father, you said in your word that you'll supply all our needs according to your praise and glory. And so I said, Father, would you in some way have someone pay this for her? Show us a token of your good that who's, that those who worship you would not be ashamed. But God, they could brag on it and praise on it. I said, do it in such a way <coughs> that no, none of us would get the praise for it. Well, brother, that night, That very night, someone called her and called Stan and said, God laid it on my heart. He was a young teenage kid who had worked all summer, saved that kind of money up. And he said, God's laid on my heart to give this to Amanda to go to school this year. You talk about praise and worship and loving God. Well, a day after that happened, brother, that young man got a full scholarship, fully paid to uh, Memphis State. And, uh, you know, that goes back to the living giving. You know, uh, we had a man come to our church years ago that his one statement was, the whole you give through is the whole you receive through. Hmm. And uh, that goes along uh, there with the Scripture in Matthew that tells us, uh, give and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, running over, shaken together, to be added to your bosom. Well, uh, I-, I took that, and God blessed that prayer. Now, did he do it because of me? Absolutely not. He and me hadn't... Uh, uh, Stand agreed together. It says, if two agreed together touching anything they should ask, it shall be done for them. I believe that, brother. Mm. I believe that. Yeah. But that happened the first time. Another time, I've been praying for my, my daughter, who Janae Cherry, who taught at a school here in Olive Branch. And uh, they weren't supposed to really talk much about religion or prayer. And uh, she was it was her second day, I think, of school, and the children got there, and she had given them the rules and everything, and they were learning. Well, they had a recess, and this little girl had come and asked her earlier in the day if she would keep her key for her, keep it in your desk and give it to me every day when I go home so I won't lose that key. And so Janae said, well, I'll tell you what, she's much smarter than I am. She said, let me Velcro this into your backpack." And so she got a piece of Velcro and fixed it where it wouldn't come out. Well, she went out to recess, and sure enough, that key came loose, and she lost it. This was a a, a young lady whose uh, mother was in jail. The father was on and off jail, so she had to come home. Now, this was a second-grade girl who came in and had to take her sibling brother, dress him every morning, and go out to the bus stop. And so she knew if she lost that key, she was in real trouble. She'd have to sit on the stoop to let to their parent, her dad come home. And uh, so she came in crying, and Janae asked her what's wrong. And the little girl said, I've lost my key. So the first thing Janae did, she said, I want all the class to, to bow your heads, sit on your desk, bow your heads, because this little girl, called her by name, uh, has lost her key. And he, she said, and I don't know where that key is, but God does. And so she began to pray over the class. The class prayed together with her, and she said, Lord, you know where that key is? Would you bring that key so this little girl could get in her home and wouldn't have to set out to the dark to her parents come in? And brother, no sooner had she said that, the door opened, and another teacher walked in and said, does anybody know whose this key is? (laughs) Wow. And one little boy, he uh, is a Christian today, one little boy said, Praise God. And one, one of them shouted, hallelujah, praise God. And I said, we know he was Pentecostal. Yeah. And then the second one <laughs> went to our church, and he said, you know, Miss Janae, it works. It really works. And, brother, I've seen it work so many times if we'll call on God, trust God, and leave it at his feet. I think you keep on. I pray over and over and over and over for some of the same things because God tells us to come to me and ask me. And I do it, brother. I believe it. So I've seen those answered. Now, when I was uh, 29 years old, my wife and I, uh, my first wife's name was Barbara. And uh, Barbara had lost parents. And Barbara and I were walking on with God. And so under evangelism, we just knew that we needed her mom and dad. She said, my mom and dad need to be saved. Would you go down and let's talk to them? So I went three times down and shared the gospel. The Roman Road, you name it. I shared everything mm-hmm. I knew mm-hmm. to share at that young age to try to get this pa- this couple to understand that they were lost. Well, my father-in-law was a self-made man, and uh, he had started his own business, was very successful, and uh, he didn't need God. He just told me. He says, "Well, he said, I'm I'm fine. I'm in good shape." And I said, "No, you're not, Pop." I said, Pop, you need to give your heart to Jesus. Well, he just wouldn't do it. So my wife began, I began to notice her, because we pray at night together. We hold hands across the bed and cry out to God for our loved ones and people that we love that are lost. And so as we were praying, I noticed her prayer change, Brother Mark. And that's what happens when you spend time with God. Your prayer changes and your life changes because of it. But she began to pray, Father, whatever it takes for my mom and dad to come to Christ, I'd be willing to pay that price. Mm. We went like that for months. For months, she'd pray that same prayer. God, whatever it takes, please show me, God. I'll be willing to do it. And uh, little did we know at uh, me 29, her being 28, little did we know what God was going to do in our life. And uh, I was working out of town, and God— I called my wife to see how she was doing and that day at lunch. I always called her, always asked her how she was doing, and usually prayed with her over the phone, and I'd finish my day's work. Well, I was out of town, and I called her, and she said, I said, What are you doing? She said, I'm, I'm making a dress for our daughter. And she, back then, she sewed dresses for herself and her, and they matched, and that's just what you did back in that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so. Uh, I got a call later that very night. I was in a equipment room working. Then I got a call from my boss, and he said, Jerry, get your tools and come home quickly. And I said, well, what's wrong? And this man uh, didn't cry much, but he was crying. And he said, you need to come home and go to the hospital. Your wife's in intensive care. So I drove my little truck as fast as I could from Jackson, Mississippi, home. I went into the hospital, which I'd worked in previously, uh, when I worked with my tools, I went in the only door that there wasn't a pastor or bus pastor or deacon waiting on me to come into the church to to the hospital to take me to the room. I went in the only door that nobody was there. It's supposed to have been locked. Hmm. I opened that door, went in the elevator right beside it. I knew where the intensive care was. It's on the second floor. I went to it and walked in, and I saw my wife laying there on the bed with a uh, the respirator in her and. Uh, uh, arm came around me and it was my doctor. I don't remember the name. It's been 50 years ago, so uh, I don't remember. And I, he just put his arm around me. Said, he said, Brother Jerry. I said, Yes, sir. He said, If God doesn't do something, she's going home. Because she had a cerebral hemorrhage. And I went over and I held her little cold hand and I prayed over. And I went downstairs and found Brother Bob and the deacons and all the the pastors that, that were they were lined the hallway, they were front overflowing the visiting room. And so I said, Brother Bobby, can we go to the prayer room? So I went down to the prayer room and I just fell prostrate out on the floor, brother. I didn't care what people thought, I didn't care anything. I cried out to God and I said, God, I'll be the first to tell you, I don't understand, Father. I don't understand, but I know if it's your will. God, let it be done. But if you would heal her, God, would you heal her for your honor and your glory? But if you don't, Father, I'm still going to follow you. I'm going to follow you till I get to go home. And brother, three days later, he took her. But during that period of waiting time, they did the brain scans on her and found that there was no life. Uh, My mother-in-law, on a Friday afternoon, Brother Bobby and our deacons led her to Christ. She came to know Jesus and fell in love with him. And then my old stubborn father-in-law, the last day before they unplugged my sweet wife, he gave his heart to Jesus mm-hmm. under the leadership of Brother Bobby and some bus pastors led him to Christ. And before they both died, they both knew Jesus and fell in love. Well mm-hmm. And I go back to that. Whatever it takes for my mom and daddy come to Christ. As a young man, I really didn't know Brother Mark what that really might take. And so my prayer wasn't answered then, but it's been answered through the years. Has God brought another godly lady into my life? She built my children's life. And so I always tell folks that God, it's taken two godly women to build my life Mm -hmm. to where I am today, brother. Through Jesus' love, his mercy, I have learned, I've grown. You know, God brings things into our life to teach us to build our lives. And so sometimes these dear folk, they're not going to get the answer they want, but they'll get an answer. And if they'll be patient, loving, and kind, don't have bitterness because your wife's gone or your child's gone, but you'll grow on that. And brother, the love of Jesus just flows when it needs to flow at the right time. So today I'm able to go when I'm uh, a mate loses their mate, or when a man or a woman loses their mate, I can go and put my arm around them and tell them I love them. I don't have to tell them scripture. I don't do anything except I love you and I'm praying for you, and they know my heart. And brother, it ministers to the body of Christ. And uh, I've been refreshed just being here this morning with you and sharing these things. And, I, and brother, I've got I've got enough answered prayers to last us for two or three days. Where God is just, it had to be God that did it. It had to be God that did it. Only he gets the honor and the glory. Only he gets the praise. And only he gets the worship for it.
0: Wow, that's powerful. So powerful. And it, mo- it should motivate us to want to be people of Amen. prayer. Amen. And I pray that it does. I pray that we're more motivated to want to know the Lord and walk with Him, Amen. and I think God's going to use this in a powerful way, uh, hopefully for years to come, brother. Amen. Thank you Amen. so much for being willing to sit down and share. Amen. And see, it, it it was it was moving, it was powerful, um, but it wasn't hard, was it? No, you were a little worried when when I asked yes. you to do this. You said on the phone, I don't, "What are we going to do?" <laughs> and I said, "Don't worry, we're just going to sit down and talk." Amen. And so, praise God for that. We're Amen. so thankful Amen. that the Lord used you. And Amen. on that note, we'll conclude on prayer. Why don't we do this? I think this would be the most fitting thing we could do. We should pray. We should pray. And since you know since you are a prayer warrior, in my view, um, why don't you just pray for the church that would be listening to this podcast, the people that would be listening to this podcast. Would you just pray? and sure. that's how we'll end? Sure. Well, precious Father, this morning, as we
1: end this podcast, I pray, Father, that you would take the words from my heart and from your sweet voice, Lord, and speak to the heart of these precious people that are listening. Father, those that want to learn how to pray, would you help them pray, Father? I'm not talking about people who can teach about prayer or people who can explain about prayer, but I'm I'm asking for people that just pray to get a hold of God. Lord, would you do that? There may be someone on this, uh, listening to this recording this morning, that may need Jesus. I pray, Father, they'd come to know you as their Lord and Savior. And I pray as each one grows in their prayer time, I pray they'd fall deeply in love with you. Father, I'm so glad through the years that you've given me that, Father, I've grown so closer and closer to you. And, Lord, I, I'm, I'm getting older now. My time's running out. So, God, would you continue to teach me how to pray, teach me how to worship you, teach me how to love you, Lord? I don't want to get to heaven, and you have to teach me to praise. I want to have learned to do it here, Lord, for your glory and honor. And I pray that for each one that will be listening to this iPod. God, would you do that? Would you minister to the heart of these sweet folks for the glory of God? And, Father, we will praise you. I pray for my church, just like I pray for all the churches in my area, Longview Heights and, and uh, Lord, different churches, Colonial Hills. God, as I cry, Lord. I- I'm asking you to bring revival to Broadway, but God, if it starts somewhere else, sweet Jesus, just let us get in on it. Let us be a part of it. Sweep it through our church too, Lord, so our community can come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that you'll change this place, this DeSoto County, for the glory of God. Bless my pastor and my staff, and may they walk holy and pure before you. And may we all see a movement of God in every church for the glory of God. In your sweet name, Jesus, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, brother.